Zuchim Haboyim B'Shem Hashem B'Rachnuchem Mivayz Hashem Tonight Shir is dedicated to the Bar Mitzvah <laughs> Where's the Mitzvah? He's put on it Okay, we'll get him in here yet We'll do the Chaim also We'll do the Chaim as well. This our dear Mitzvah Baruch Hashem is managing to bridge for us the two parshas of Vayigash and Vayechi, as he's going to get his mafter this Shabbos, and he will lay next Shabbos. Probably because it's shorter. That that works with me. Um, so to Shmuli, what happened to my cake? I don't understand this house. Sure. This place is getting out of hand. So to Shmuli, say Mazel Tov. Come on, what you doing? Can <laughs> 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 Tonight is a bit no, last night was. No, today is Mitzvah. Whatever. Vav was Mitzvah. Have a seat. Have some cake. Have some jelly rings. Uh, jelly rings? No, how is it? Hey, this is tough. Over here. Uh, you gotta make things available. I don't available. Really like jelly rings. You don't like jelly rings? I like jelly. Okay. No jelly rings. Cake, but this is good cake. cake. Take some good cake. Okay. Shmuel, as we know, is a name. Of the Novi. Have a seat over here, boys. Come on. You can sit here next to me if you want. Name of the Prophet Shmuel Hanovi. I'm actually learning about Who received the name. Sorry. Because the Almighty heard the prayers of his mother. Pashvayigash, a very, very interesting Pasha in that basically it's dialogue. The majority of the Pasha is dialogue between Yosef and his brothers. But Teda is Lashon Heirah. Teda is a lesson of a lesson. The word Teda is we have to learn a lesson from it. And there are many lessons to be learned from the dialogue that goes on between the brothers. Oops, wrong one. Gotta jump the gun. I gotta get a technician for this. What happened? Yeah, I missed the guy. Here he is. Okay, back on. A very major lesson there is. There is Fresca this week. Welcome back, yes. 
Okay, we're on this way. For the cat. The, no. cat, the cat will soon be here. We're missing it. Yehuda approaches Yosef. <laughs> and he's very upset. His brother, Binyamin, was taken prisoner. And he does something very irrational. Yehuda comes to Yosef. He steps forth. Vayigash Elav Yehuda. We've said many times, many years, we repeat the Vart that is attributed to the Vilna Gon. The cantillations, the Tirap, for the words Vayigash Elav Yehuda, Kadma Vaazla Ravii. Translation of Kadma has come forth, Vaazla, and he went. Ravii is the fourth son. Yehuda being the fourth child. But he comes forth and he comes with a very big takeif. He comes forth ready to battle, ready to go to war with his father. With his brother. Now, I don't know who just put this on. There's no video. Oh, you have the video now. Okay. What is that? Really? What is that? Really? Okay. Many years ago, in the time of reword it. For many years, the Yidden have gone through persecution. The Jewish nation has been persecuted throughout generations, whether it be in the Spanish Inquisition, whether it be in Machshimav Zechrom, Nazi Germany. But nothing was more severe than communist Russia. During World War II, the lesser of the two evils between the communist Russia and the Machshimam, the communist Germans, it was safer, shall we say, for a person to be in Russia than to be in Germany. And many Jews did just that. They fled to Russia. <coughs> At the end of the war, though, <laughs> as the Iron Curtain still had a little bit of a breach, many people made it with Polish passports. If you had a Polish passport, they allowed you to leave Russia. Now, if you were Russian, it was difficult for you to have a Polish passport. What they would do was, believe it or not, they had got <laughs> false passports. Why is my video not coming through? Is the video on now? No. I know why. Hold on. Are we okay now? Yeah, okay, he does not have 5.0. When one of the group doesn't have 5.0, everybody else loses video. So we can't fix everybody's 5.0s, but we can make sure that when you are the weakest link, I don't know, you, ever, you heard that show? No? You remember that in England? You are the weakest link, and boom, they disconnected you. I will never get Windows 8. It's not Windows 8. So never get it. Well, this computer is not getting Windows 8. It's this horrible. computer is never very sick. Windows 8 is horrible. Um, what the Jews would do is they get a, secure themselves a Polish passport. They'd come to Lvov. They couldn't spend the night in Lvov, because if they did got, got, forbid, got caught in Lvov overnight, they were in severe trouble. So they would have to immediately secure their exit visas, go through one board, another board, go through another border, and another board of... It was a whole tater. But thousands of Jews managed to get out. 
There was a group, there was one particular fellow actually who came from Samarkand. And he met up on the way to Lvov with a, another group of youth, another nine guys actually. And they all said, they all realized, knew where they were, each one was going, so they said, let's stick together, we'll stick together, we'll be fine. And they got to Lvov and they hid out in a basement somewhere. And the night, as the night passed through, word got out that the borders were closed. There are no longer any people leaving. If you hadn't secured an exit visa till now, you're not going out. This is not good news. It was quite severe. Are we getting three more people from here? I'm working on it. Moshe, Moshe, you have to call. Oh, we need two more actually. Moshe's not here. Not that Moshe. Moshe. What's his name? Anyway, there was a sto- there was a name that they had in the Enkeve there, and this guy, this lieutenant. Spokoini was rumored to be Jewish. Not only was he rumored to be Jewish, it was rumored that he had a soft heart for the Jews and looked to help Jews. Needless to say, it's not an easy situation. But this was their only vet. I can't find his number. Here's his number. No. Since you don't have 5.0 Skype, no one else can see the video if you're on. The only solution now was to get hold of this guy. And maybe, 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 Ula Yerachim, something could work. So it was decided that two guys would go out at night. They'd venture out to the office of the Enkiver there. See if they can't secure the applications. So, this Eliza and another fellow now open the cabinet. Oh, here's what? Right here. <laughs> Let's go take out something from the cabinet. Eloza and another fellow ventured to the Enkivida office. And as they arrived in the office, there was a guard outside. They handed him a s- ample amount of rubles and told him they need exit visas, exit uh, applications. And they need the address to Spokoni. The guy looked in his hand and saw that the roll of rubles was sufficient. And he said, wait here. He disappeared in the building a few minutes. He says, wait in the corner over there, nobody to see you. He came back. With an envelope. He said, get out of here, quick. They took the envelope, they ran it for a while. And they were in a secure corner, they opened the envelope and saw ten applications. And a paper with an address. They immediately returned to the group. And they all filled out their applications. They filled out their applications... And now, someone's got to go see this guy. 
So early morning, the two of them went and they stood outside the address, hoping and praying that this is this guy's house. Excuse me. And lo and behold, a well-dressed officer comes out, lights his cigarette, and starts to walk. As he gets towards them, they jump from the bushes, and they begin to cry and to beg and to plead and say how we're a group of ten people, and we're Jews, and we're going to get stuck here, we're going to be killed. We need the applications filled, accepted. He throws, he walks around, as if he didn't hear them, he just walks right past them. Suddenly he turns around. You have these applications filled out? They said, yes. Who gave you my name? Who gave you my address? Better left unsaid. He says, give me the papers. They took the papers, he put them in the pocket, he says, come to my office tonight, 11 o'clock at night. But only you. That night, they, they, that, he came back to the group and told them the story, and they all were starting to get worried. Now he has our name, he has our address, we're now in trouble. If this guy is, is, is not real, we're dead. Should we run, should we not run? The vote and the majority said we stay. And we have sat to the Shmaya, we have faith in God that God is going to get us out. Lo and behold, 11 o'clock that night, he goes to the office. And he comes to the Enkiver then, they let him inside, he goes in, he finds the office, he comes inside. As soon as the man sees him, he locks the door behind him. And he sits him down and he starts to tell him with tears in his eyes. Yes, the rumor is true, yes, I'm Jewish. And yes, I've been helping thousands of Jews leave Russia. And I see that to you, your group of people I have to help as well. And the boy says to him, What a miracle! But everything is Ashkach Pratis, everything is divine providence, and tonight is the first night of Hanukkah. He says, tonight's the first night? He says, yes. Immediately he makes sure all the window shades are covered, closed. And Spokoina himself had a bottle with a gl- the emergency candle in case the lights go out, which happened often. In case the lights should go out, they had emergency candles. He went over and he covered his head and he told the boy, tell me, say with me the blessings. And as he lit the candle, he made the three brachas first night and he lit the Haneda they sang together Haneda Salolo the boy was secured visas all the boys and they all left as they followed up the story this man was caught the lieutenant and was ultimately put for the firing squad but thousands of Jews were saved through him Yehuda comes before Yosef at Tzadik with nothing to stand in between them. The Rebbe explains what was Yehuda's logic. Yehuda, Yehuda comes forth, starts to scream. He banged his foot and pissed him and fell down. With one bang of the foot. He pushed his chest forward and the hair tore through his clothes. And that didn't work. <laughs> so he starts to talk nicely. You're a nice guy. Your beard looks just like Paros. Look at you. You're gorgeous. You burnt your bridge. You banged the foot. You knocked down the whole country. All of a sudden now you're going to start being a nice guy. You're crazy. They're not going to listen to you anymore. The Rebbe said us to Dvei when we stub our toe in the in a floor, you stub your toe in something. You don't stand and look at your stub toe and say negotiate. Toe, you're stubbed. Mm. <laughs> you may be broken. You might not be. You might only be stubbed, and it might. It'll hurt. Okay, I think I'm in hurt. I think I'm in pain. Ah! 
No. Person stubs his toe, the first thing he does is screams. As today's shaitan. And this was Yehuda's action. The parasha tells us many, many different, as we said before, dialogues. We also have to talk a little bit about Hey Tavis, this, which we had this week. <laughs> and we'll discuss that in the course of this year. Yosef, throughout last week and this week, continues to prod his brothers. Is my father still alive? Sometimes. I'm not allowed to have that. Keep that away from me. I'm not allowed to have that. Now there's other people. Oh. I didn't know they were people. Um... Listen, I can't. Just keep it away from me. Is my father still alive? And interestingly, when does he finally ask this question? As he reveals himself to his brothers, Shemuel is very important for you. When Yosef reveals himself, to his brothers, Zani Yosef, his brothers' jaws fell open. But before they could say anything, he says, Ha'ed Avichai. What was that all about? Ha'ed Avichai is of a different caliber of a question. He asked many times and they told him he's alive. So what is now Ha'id Avichai? The Ha'id Avichai question was, I'm Yasef. And Father went through so much pain because of me. Father was suffering for me. And we know that if a person... Khmanulatsam passes away and a family sits Shiva. The Shiva goes over and it's forgotten. And the more the years trends go by, the more people forget. You don't see people crying years later the way they cry by the Leviah. It tends to forget a shikha enters the person's mind. Excuse me. In that case, we have that same issue. Yaakov was told that Yosef kill, was killed. But Yaakov did not seem to finish mourning. Because Yosef was alive, the mourning did not go away from him and he did not forget Yosef. And it went on and on in his mind. Yosef was Bepela, Ani Yosef, I'm still alive. So my father's been mourning for 20 plus years. He was able to survive that? But he says to them something else. You're the ones that have sold me. And when they come and confront him with any kind of audacities that he might have, he says, you're telling me I have audacity when you sold me and told my father I was dead? You made father suffer for so many years. Not Avinu. Is my father who suffered for me all these years still alive? But Yosef teaches us a very valuable lesson in the Pasha. Yosef repeats many times that he's here because God put him here. Ve'ata, and now he says, Le'atem shalach heina ki aleikim. You did not send me here, only God himself sent me here. The Altar Rebbe writes in Tanya, Kesha'ele le'i mehalev le'meach. 
when it goes up to a person from his heart to his mind. Any kind of anger or hate or distaste or hard feelings. Al Khaveri on his friend. The person is obligated to take this and throw it out, to drive it out of his mind. And a person has to do the total opposite. Instead of, God forbid, being angry, to act with this person with chesed. And to hold out, not suffer, but to be able to stay with this person forever and ever. And not to be angry. Even more so, says the Alter Rebbe, more importantly, not God forbid to try to pay him back. To cause him good things, like the Zayah says, we have to learn from Yosef with his brothers. The Cheder that's very, very shocking. I understand a person has to conquer his feelings, should not pay back somebody, take revenge, but why pay him back with good? This person did something wrong to him. Why treat him nicely now? <coughs> and why pay him in good and kind? And this is therefore what the Altrebbe says, the Zaya says, we have to learn from Yosef. By Yosef at Tzadik, even though the brothers, Chashavtem alay you thought bad about me, you wanted to kill me. Still in all, Yosef says it was not you as a Lekim Teva. The Almighty thought of this to be good so that we'd reach to this day. And we'd be able to live in, in plentiful. So to begin with, when Yosef was being beaten up and tossed and turned inside out by his brothers, he had the entire time in his mind, this is all from God. And at the end it will all come out and we'll see how. So since they ultimately did good for Yosef, <laughs> therefore he paid them back in good. And this is how we learn in our case. This is what the Alter Rebbe refers to in Tanya. Sheben Adam if a person who's a Baal who has a freedom of choice, <coughs> does something wrong, wrongs another person, any which way or form, <laughs> the person that got wronged has to know, <laughs> the damage that was done to him was already predestined, from predetermined from God, and there are many messengers God has, and it could come from anywhere. We have to always remember Ma'is Hashem And therefore, since, as we know in Gemara Brachis, Rabbi Kiva said, all that God does is for good. Nothing bad comes from Levishter. So although it looks like the person hurt you, although it looks like the person did something wrong to you, understand this happened from God. And therefore the person has to be paying back in good. In the time of the Arizal, was well, the Rebbe used to refer to him as the Riachai. There was a very Choshev Talmud Chochem. 
This Choshev Talmud Chacham had a daughter, and Achmar Litzlan, his wife passed away. Years went by. He raised the daughter, and she was ready to be married. As he began thinking of a suitable match, both he and his daughter had a dream. His wife of blessed memory came to them both in the dream and said that the daughter should marry the janitor of the shul. The janitor of the shul. He's a Talmud Chochem, this man. And he's a respectable person. And his daughter should marry the janitor of the shul. It's a shock. So he went to the Ariya Kodesh. And he came to the Ariya Kodesh and he told him the dreams. And he told him how it's so not possible that he should have such a son-in-law. And the Ariya Kodesh told him, it's a very suitable shidduch. It's a perfect match. A match made from heaven. Not only that, you should sign over everything you own to this future son-in-law. Give him everything. And you will see miracles happen. Well, needless to say, if that he told him this, he did exactly as told. Are we getting two more people from here? Working on. I know what you're working on. The Ariya Kodesh. We'll be back at eleven o'clock. Maria Kaddish told him to do it. He did it. Signed everything over. A few months after the marriage, it was discovered that Baruch Hashem, the girl became pregnant. But there was a little problem. They kept looking and searching and no miracle was happening. This boy was a simple janitor. Nothing more. But that he said there'll be miracles, there'll be miracles. And the time came for the girl to give birth. It was a very, very difficult labor, Achman and son. And both mother and daughter passed away. This man was shook, he was broken, he was distraught. What kind of miracles could possibly be coming about if Rahman al his daughter and his grandchild passed away now? But then on top of that, to add insult to injury, this son-in-law came along and said, by the way, before the marriage, you signed everything over to me. Out of my house now. He threw him out on the street, took, confiscated everything he owned. The man was now destitute, broken, destroyed. And on top of everything else, he never lost his daughter. He comes back to the Ariya Kodesh. And he tells the Ariya Kodesh his sorry story. And then he says, let me tell you a story. There was once a very wealthy man who was getting a little older and a very wicked woman decided that the old man's getting older 
the money he has is available. Why not? And so she went to him and she married him. And a few months later she became pregnant. And she decided she didn't want to bear his child. One of the sons, she aborted the child. No. Then she went, made herself some marks, some scars on her body, had him arrested, said that he beat her and caused her to miscarry. The man sat in in jail, broken hearted, destroyed, and he passed away. And she took all the money. Wait. Sorry, I left that apart. They went to court. And she bribed the judge. After bribing the judge, the judge put this man away. And the man died in jail. Says the Ariya Kaddish. That woman had to come back down the matter. She came down in the body of your daughter, he tells the man. And just as she killed a child that was innocent, she was paid back and the innocent child killed her. He says, you have the neshama of the judge. Your son-in-law has the neshama of that man. So the money belongs to your son-in-law. You took it away from him as a judge, and now you have to repair that by giving it back to him. So therefore, if we look into this, we see that anything that we imagine Chatzasholim is not good has in it not a silver lining, but has in it divine providence, divine providence to such an extent that anything that comes from God is good. And we have to know how. I, you can ask a question: How did the first people die and lose their money, etc.? It all has a circle. It all is a full cycle. So therefore, when we come across to the mitzvah of Avaschinam, we are told we have to have a Atev for the people that do something good for us. When we are told that something was done, you think was wrong. You think the person hurt you. You think the person caused you a problem, caused you damage. You should know you have to understand it's from the Abishtah. When the Abishtah does it, it's good. I had a question. It's a lifelong question. Lately, my lifelong questions are surfacing. Yosef says to his brothers, Zayed Avichai, and the brothers confirm, indeed, Yaakov Avinu is alive. Yosef says to them, Mach schnell, schnell Juden. Quickly, go home, get father and bring him back here. Let's call a travel time a week. Let us say it takes a week Egypt to Canaan. They didn't exactly have uh, Ferraris. The donkeys had to move, whatever. 
It's a week traveling to tell Yaakov that he's alive. And a week to bring back Yaakov to them. A week to prepare Yaakov for the journey. He's an older man. Yaakov will not see Yosef for three weeks yet. 22 years was not enough. Yosef. Yosef. Why don't you pick yourself up and go see your father? You will save your father, you will bring your father two weeks closer to meeting you. Twenty plus years he's waiting to see you. (coughs) Why delay him those two weeks, deprive him those two weeks that he can spend with you? Travel yourself so that he will see you. For that I ultimately have some sort of an answer. Although it's a little on the difficult part. On the other hand, though, I had another question. You have an answer? I have a minion. Oh? Minion. Good. On the other hand, I had a different question. We know that later in history, Yaakov needs to be buried. And Esav comes to protest. They needed the deed that Yaakov had to show that the burial place was his. So what do they do? It was quite a journey from Hebron back home. They turned to Naphtali and said, Tolchik, give our life to life for him. You've got an illegal you cake. They told Naphtali, go. Naphtali ran like a deer. Go run and bring it back. And within a sh- very short time, you have told you it was back and forth. I'm back, Jeff. So my question that I have, which I don't have an answer to, why did they not send Naftali? Send Naftali and say, Naftali, go tell Abba, that, go tell Tata, Jesus is alive. Yeah. If Naftali would have come back by himself, Yaakov would have freaked out that the rest of them hadn't come back yet. He comes back and says, Ta, I came to tell you because everybody else they, is slower than they, I am. When they went back, they if he comes, ba- if he comes back, and they told him right away. They didn't know how to tell him. They went to find Sarah to tell So, him. so they go and tell him, go find Sarah and do it. So they had to figure that out. They didn't figure that out until they got back. So that should have been a major decision right then and there. What did they have to figure out when they get back? That... <laughs> That's why they didn't send just one back. They would have gone there, he would have come back and told them he's still alive, he's in Mitzrayim, he's Michael. They wouldn't. He wouldn't have believed one of them. He would have freaked out that Binyamin hasn't come back. What Binyamin? None of them are back here now. So that, he, no, he would have said, everybody's he fine. All of them back. He would have walked in and said, Ta, everybody's fine, I got good news and better news. He would have, he would have killed them. He would have come back alone and would have killed them. He wouldn't have got the words out. Like Chayasana. Sarah died before she heard the word Kamat. No, she died when she heard the word Kamat, the Rebbe says. They were storing that one too. Ultimately, <coughs> Yasef was trying to alleviate not only did not want to punish or hurt his brothers, he didn't even want to insult them, Chasashon. <laughs> so when he says the name, the word, any Yasef, he was looking for a way to say it. But 
by beating around and talking about other subjects, so they should not feel, I'm Yosef and you owe me big time. So as we said before, what was he saying? With the hay. The question was not, is my father still alive? But rather the question, just like when he said, Hashem When he asked, is this my, is my, am I watching over my brother? It was a shock. It wasn't a question, yes or no question. He was shocked. How is it that my father is still alive? After all these years of suffering, suffering from me. We have to understand though. At this point in time, Yaakov was a hundred and thirty years. Substantially younger than Avram and Yitzchak when they passed away. So what's the shock to Yosef that his father is still alive? And the main thing What is the connection by saying Ani Yosef Haid Abichai? And thirdly, why in general did Yosef have to say this in a shock to his brothers? In the same breath where he identifies himself. If we had to worry about what his father's status was, <laughs> and he wanted to make sure his father was still alive, <laughs> why the whole dismay? Rashi said before, in the earlier part, when they tried to console. Yaakov, they stopped consoling him. Because, Why? As we said before, a person doesn't take condolences when a person is still alive, because when a person is still alive, he always remembers him. <laughs> and this is therefore, as we said before, Yezus Shak. <laughs> that his father was still alive after suffering all these years from his loss. I have another answer. What was the whole rush? I have another answer. After. Maru, hurry up. The Oluel Ovi, go to my father. Not Avinu, to our father. Because in essence it was Avi, go up there. And take care of the man who is suffering because of me. He's suffering because of what you did to me. And let him know the good news that Yesus is still alive. And automatically he will stop being so sad. And also he says, bring him quickly down to me. Because it's the Sakonis the Fashis at this point. Because Yosef now knew that the suffering that Yaakov had for the separation between Yaakov and Yosef was only due to the fact that Yaakov did not have Kibbut Av for Yitzchak for 22 years. Yosef therefore knew he was now finished with the punishment. The 22 years are over. He can no longer tolerate it. He no longer has to suffer this. And therefore bring him down now. Let him be alleviated from the pressure and the pain. This is now why we understand how Yosef was talking. Three times he repeats 
For feeding the world, the Almighty sent me. And he says, and the Almighty sent me before you. And the third time, You did not send me here, the Abishta did. So every moment that Yaakov would meet and see Yosef, that he's being held back from it, it was Isakonis the Fashis. Question is, as we asked before, why did Yosef not go himself? Even more a question. Wouldn't that be more of a kibadav for him to show up to his father rather than make his father come to him? What kind of derecheretz is that? So this is what Jesus' introduction was. Shalcheni alekim, I'm here in shlichus of God. And as the messenger of God here, to be mashbir l'chol to feed everybody, I don't have permission to leave my post. And since I can't leave my post, even to go see my father, I can't. But don't deprive him an extra moment. Therefore, hurry up and hurry back with him. Rashi already explained before, that Yaakov's Avelis on his son Yosef, his mourning for Yosef, was for the 22 years that he was punished. So he said, just spoke. And that's why Yosef, again, as we said, said, don't lay yikving keher of ayin. Don't even, the bat of an eye, don't hold him back another second. He's paid his dues. This is therefore, now we understand why he says, bring back Ovi and not Avinu? As he said, that the pain was only with Yosef. The lesson in service to Hashem, a lesson to us, sometimes, when we have to use something in education, we sometimes have to use the smell deicha. We have to use the midig vuda. We have to express stringencies, exercise. Excuse me, stringencies to teach a lesson. But this stringency is until the person learns the lesson. Once the lesson is taught, the Chav Beishana were over, now you can only go back to Midas HaChesed, to the Yemin Mikareves. And therefore, since the punishment was already done, we don't know what the punishment has to be. We are not the judge and the jury in the trial. We as a human being cannot say, this is what the punishment has to be to the person such and such has to happen to the person and therefore I am telling you how to punish the person and how to stop punishing the person but rather once a punishment has been meted out no matter what it was just embarrassing or humiliating the person is sufficient as a punishment and therefore we have to know that now it is time to go back in the other direction now it is time to reach out to the person and treat them the way they belong to be treated. Pare immediately sends gifts. An interesting derher. Sends back ten donkeys with food. There were eleven shvatim traveling. Why did he send ten? <laughs> when the Eden went back, when the shvatim went back the first time, they left Shimon behind. So if Shimon and Yosef are in Mitzrayim, even if they come back with Binyamin, there are only ten. So when they came back to Mitzrayim, there were only ten of them. 
So only brought ten donkeys. Shimon's donkey was not brought back from Israel. So therefore, he only laid, laid in ten. Why is that? Because that's all there was. Himara says though, that Yesus sent Mituv Mitzrayim. My Mituv Mitzrayim, Himara asks, what was that Mituv Mitzrayim? Sholach and Yoshan. He sent him good old wine. To show, to appease him. Generally, we know, you want to send somebody a gift, you send them something that's going to make them happy. Then there are times you want to send a very big gift to somebody. So again, make sure that it really is going to make the person happy. If you give a nine-year-old a car, he can't drive, I'm happy I have a car, but there's nothing I can do with it. If you give a person that doesn't drink alcohol a very nice bottle of scotch, you're not giving a gift. So the question here is, how did Yosef know that this would make Yaakov happy? The Yayin Yoshan. In a simple, simple explanation, which is in simple terms, the Pasuk says, in Pashmi Kates, the brothers came to Yosef and they sat down, they sat and drank with him wine. Rashi explains what's the big thing they drank wine. From the day, from the day they sold Yosef, they did not drink wine. And now that today they celebrated, they sat down and drank wine. So the Yasef immediately understood. If the Shvatim, the brothers, mourned his loss and didn't drink wine, how much more so Yaakov, who mourned even worse than they did, he definitely did not drink wine. So if Yaakov did not drink wine for 22 years, this is definitely a challah. This is definitely going to be a very good gift to him. And therefore Yaakov understood that the best thing he could send his father was a good, beautiful wine. And this would definitely cause great pleasure for his father. So although this parsha tells us the horrific event of Yaakov Yard Mitzrayma, of Yaakov going down to Egypt, which was the beginning of the exile. Yosef knew though that the exile began before, yet by the Brisbane Absodim the count began. And therefore Yosef said, by you coming down here, as we said before, although it looks bad, Although it looks severe and for a hundred plus years the Yidin were tortured in Egypt. But all this was only a preparation for the ultimate good. All this is the concept of Golos is a darkness which is a Yedidat Tzedek It's a drop down low because it's going to swing in a pendulum and we're going to reach up higher than ever. And by going down into exile, the original exile, the ultimate payback for that is the ultimate geula. And therefore, on this very Shabbos, or even before that, just as Heitavis, we celebrate the return of the Svarim that was stolen from the Rebbe's library. And the battle cry of the day is Di Dan Notzach. It is our victory. 
And it was not just the Svarim who were given, told to be returned, but the courts determined that the Svarim belonged to the Hasidim. So therefore, it's Didanotzach, the Didanotzach of Heitavis will continue to the Didanotzach, which we will say, ultimately, with the Geula Amitis Vashtema Yidei Mashiach Tzidkenu on this very Shabbos, and the Vayigash, Eil of Yehuda, Yehuda going to Yosef, says Chsidis, is the coming, is, as we have in Tefillah, Somach Geula Tefillah, we say Gaal Yisrael right before Shmanesrei, and the Gaal Yisrael should be this week, should be tonight, the Geula Amitis Vashtema Yidei Mashiach Tzidkenu, we should be able to call out Dida Notzach tonight, all together in Yerushalayim, Mirakadesh, Amen Salah. Shabbat Shalom to all.